Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Not your talent. It's not your wisdom. It's not your abilities. This was a God thing. Peter in that boat knew if God was not in that boat, they'd have nothing like the night before. And I want to tell you, without God in our life, you'll have nothing. And so will I. Now God wants to use us, not because anything that we can do, but we need to be humble and remember, as God uses us, it's just God in us. It's a God thing. When you begin to be used by God, you should remember that it doesn't have anything to do with you at all. It's not your talent, wisdom, or ability. The only thing required on your part is obedience. Today, Pastor Mark explains that 99% of people are called only to leave themselves. That's right, folks. You don't have to become a preacher. You just have to give up yourself. God wants to use you right where you're at, and the likelihood of that happening all depends on your excuses and your willingness to obey. Nothing but you can stop God. So step out and begin to God-size your future today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verse 4, with his continuing study entitled, God Size Your Future. Step out in faith when God commands. Not before, not after, when. You have to wait on His timing. Now, in Luke, chapter 5, verse 4, I'll pick it up for you. The first three verses, basically, Jesus began to teach the people. And he came, and there were so many people on the seashore, Galilee, that he saw some boats. And he said to Peter, I'm going to get in your boat. Take me out a little bit, just a little bit out in the shallow water so I can teach the people so they can see me. So Peter took him out in the boat. There they are, shallow parts, Jesus is teaching. Now he finishes his teaching, the people. But he's going to teach some tremendous principles to his disciples. I want you tonight to be Peter. You see, this isn't the first time Peter and the disciples had met Jesus. They'd met him before. They'd dealt with him before. They'd been challenged to follow him before. They were working all this over. I want you to think about yourself tonight. It's good in the Bible. You see, the Bible's filled with pictures and sights and sounds and smells. Put yourself on the seashore. Galilee, whatever. By the way, it's a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. Picture yourself tonight as Peter and you're in the boat. And you've been cleaning the nets and Jesus has been teaching. You've been listening to him. It's been exciting. Now, look what Jesus says to you. Verse 4. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, another name for Peter, put out into, circle the word, deep, water and let down the nets for a catch 
Now, immediately, Peter being the fisherman had a vision of what would happen if he obeyed Jesus. It's a well-known fact, certainly still to this day. You can't net them in the day because they go to the deep to get away from you and your nets can't get down to where they are. Now, Peter knew this. He had human vision. Here's the problem with human vision. Human vision by itself is flawed since it's always based on self. Get this down. What God wants to do with you, if it's just something, you know, like positive confession and you're working it up in your mind, you can kiss it goodbye, baby. Because if God isn't in it, forget it. Peter isn't saying they're going, okay, like take the boat out now, I'm going to show you a great miracle. Peter isn't even thinking that way. But sometimes you're these positive confession speakers on television. They're not even pastors. They're just motivational speakers. Now, they're on the motivational speaker. I love motivational speakers as long as it's backed by God's word. So human vision by itself is flawed because it just says, wow, watch me. This isn't what God's going to talk about at all. And that's not what God's going to say to you tonight. You watch how good you can be. We already know how good we can be. Now, Peter had a vision. He knew what would happen. Jesus says, go out in the deep. We're going to catch lots of fish. Peter, from his human viewpoint, said, not a chance. This isn't going to work. Now, look at the next verse. It kind of reminds us of us. Simon answered, Peter answered, well, master, um, um, we worked hard all night fishing. And uh, to be honest, we didn't catch anything. We're the professionals. We fished at our favorite spots, the ones we've always fished at. We, we absolutely worked ourselves to death. And you saw us cleaning our nets. There wasn't a thing in there. We got nothing. You see, the Bible is filled with people. What Peter's doing basically is this. He, he's setting himself up for a good excuse. Why should I go to the deep? It's a waste of my time. It ain't going to happen. My vision can tell you already. It won't work. It's not in the cards. The Bible is filled with people, men, women, throughout the Bible that basically made excuses when challenged. Moses, Abraham, Joshua, Gideon, David, challenged him and they said, well, God, this is about all you can use me. Who, me? You remember, you, you remember Moses? Who, me, the stuttering man? You're going to use me? No way. That's what Peter was doing. But Jesus had a way about him. And Peter, I'm, I'm sure, as he listened to this teaching, began to think, hmm, what if something's different here? You see, Peter's like you and me. Remember, we're Peter in the boat. What excuses would you have had? Same. Same. Peter hasn't seen miracles. He's not sure what's happening here. Look what happens. See, what God's going to do, what Jesus is going to do here, he's trying to open these guys' minds to something different. He's trying to say to him, Peter, in a moment, if you'll listen... If you'll just obey me, old fisherman Peter, if you'll just simply obey me, I'm going to show you what I want to do in your life.
Now, what does the Bible say about our future? Let me just read you some, and I'm going to zip them off. You can't even write them. Here we go. Listen. Just listen. Is God's word true? How many times does God have to say something so that we believe it? As a trick question. (laughs) Once. So, here's what God thinks about us. Watch. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible with God. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I can have the mind of Christ. It's not by your strength or your power, but my spirit that works in you. Those are all biggies. From God to who? Raise your hand. To me. Do you believe it's for you tonight? Do you? Do you? It's God's word. How much of it is true? All of it. All of it. 100% of it. Accurate. Well, look at verse 5. Peter got smart. He said, we've worked all night, haven't caught anything, but. Usually when you see but, you go, oh, but this is a good but. <laughs> Notice, because you say so. Circle the words, and right on top of it, just put the word of God. Jesus says, Peter, let's go out deep. Peter's getting ready to make lots of excuses. Well, God, you look at my life last year and didn't do too good. Kind of failed a lot of times and whatever. Why should I do anything different? God says, come on, Peter. And he's saying it to you tonight. So Peter says, well, but because you've said it in your word, I'm going to do it. That's a great principle for all Christians. When you see God say it and it speaks to your heart, do it. Go for it. That's what he says. Well, take a look at what happens. Look what he says. He says, because you say so, I will let down the nets. You know what's interesting? Peter was going to go, even though the night before, he failed as a fisherman. Now, you don't hear fishermen say they fail too often. You know, the big one that got away. Here, commercial fishermen came in and said, we were there last night, nothing. So, what does that say? Listen to this. This is good for all of us. God is not focusing on your past, but your future. Imitate him. See, Peter could have got into one of these sad things. Hey, China, last night didn't work. Why should we do it tonight? I'm a total failure. I hear some of you already. I failed last year. I tried this. It didn't work. The marriage failed. The finances failed. The Bible study failed. You're going to read the Bible. It failed. My devotions failed. God is not interested in what you failed at last year. He's interested in your future. Notice he doesn't care a thing that Peter caught nothing the night before. He's interested in your future, in my future. Man, am I glad of that, aren't you? Because if we started listing the failures, whew, I, mean, there's not, I mean, there's a lot of failures in our lives. But God isn't interested in our failures. He, he sees a future in Peter that Peter doesn't get yet. And man, he sees a future in you and me that we don't get yet. Hmm. Verse 6. Now when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. God honored the obedience and faith of Peter. The catch of fish was what? It was biggie. It was biggie size. It was biggie size. It was God-sized. Now stop for a moment and ask yourself a question. 
How did God do it? I don't know how God did it. But by the way, did he do it? I read some Bible commentators and they say this. It was no big deal because Jesus had this favorite fishing place and he knew where to go and get... What a... <laughs> These are Bible commentators. Thank you, Jesus, for that faith. No, he did it. We don't know how he did it. But he did it because he was God. I don't know why they went, come fish. Well, I don't know what he did. I could do that all day long. Sometimes a dog comes, some doesn't. Fish did not come. Is that, is that right? <laughs> Humanly, this was impossible. Now, let's drop back a moment. You're in the boat. You begin hauling this in. What's your emotions? You know what? I believe I probably would have begun. I've been laughing and probably crying at the same time. Because you're going to see the real emotion that's good. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Verse 7, so they signaled their partners on the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Here's a key. Our faith, our obedience will increase the faith of others. You see, if you'll get it, it will challenge those around you. In your home, in your Bible study, at work, in your Sunday school class. I'm praying God give me more faith this year so I can challenge you. You see, if we get it, the other boats were looking on and going, what is going on over there? And notice something very important. Peter didn't say, I want it all to myself. Let's just keep it right here, Jesus. No, he says, come on, let's go for it. Come on and join you. See, that's what God wants. He wants teamwork. He wants us working together. Now, here's the third point. Remain humble. It's a God thing. Remain humble. It's a God thing. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell to Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Peter, being a fisherman, knew this was a total miracle. He knew that Jesus was now more than a teacher. He began to realize that this was the all-powerful, all-knowing God, even though he didn't grasp it. He knew something was different. And his immediate reaction is to drop to his knees. That's a good thing. When we begin to be used by God, just remember one thing, guys. It's a God thing. It's not a man thing. It's not your talent. It's not your wisdom. It's not your abilities. This was a God thing. Peter in that boat knew if God was not in that boat, they'd have nothing like the night before. And I want to tell you, without God in our life, you'll have nothing. And so will I. Now God wants to use us, not because anything that we can do, but we need to be humble and remember, as God uses us, it's just God in us. It's a God thing. Verse 10. Here's number four point. Don't fear. Simply follow God and his word. Notice when Peter's, Peter's basically fearful now. Notice what Jesus says to Peter. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Isn't that great? Jesus didn't say, hey, Peter, find the guy where I want you. On your knees. Fearful. I love it. I'm God and you're not. That's not God. 
See, he wanted Peter to follow, not because of fear, but because of love. And he says, Peter, I brought you out here to give you a lesson. I want you to see that I can God-size your future, Peter. It's in the plans. It's already in the works. All we need is your obedience. So he encourages them. Do you know what? God wants to encourage you today. Some of you, when you think about stepping out, and you say, man, that, that's a stretch for me. Well, maybe it is. Let's make that to be start. Maybe you've done nothing for God. That's good. Start there. Start somewhere. For some of us, we've been there too long. And we're fearful. We're afraid of failure. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and hold, help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. What Jesus was saying to Peter was this. Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch me. Peter, you haven't seen anything yet. You, you've been looking at human vision. I have a vision for you. You don't have a clue. You're looking at this boat full. Peter, I'm going to guide. I'm going to God-size your future. You're going to be catching men and women. And that word catch means bring them in alive into the kingdom of God. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, I want to God-size your future. You don't have a clue. Look at all these fish. Peter, it's not about fish. It's about people. It's always about people. I want you to go a few years ahead. Day of Pentecost, Peter's very first sermon. First. What kind of a catch? God's eyes. 3,000. Why? Oh, Peter was pretty good at preaching. No, this is his first. He hadn't learned it yet. It was all God. I'm sure, and I don't know because the Bible doesn't tell us, but I'm sure if I was Peter, I'd looked at those 3,000 people, I'd remember the day that I went out to the deep with them and I saw the fish. And God said, be encouraged, Peter. You ain't seen nothing yet. Now, there's something in Peter's future you probably don't want to know about, but we know, at least speculated in church history, that Peter was crucified upside down later in his life. Why? Because he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. You see, he got it. He got it. He got it. But Peter's in a place where we're all trying to get. His future is bright because he's in heaven. Look at verse 11. So they pulled their boats up from the shore, and they left everything. And they followed him. Just listen to me for a moment. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Just listen. What's keeping you? What is keeping you from going out in the deep following Jesus? Is it money? Is it the cares of this world? You know something very interesting? That catch may have been the biggest catch Peter and his fishermen ever had. Big bucks. And what did they do when they got to the shore? They left it, how much? Oh. Now see, sometimes when, when I teach like this, some of you out here are going, oh, Pastor, I got, I'm 47 and, and, and I've got a good business and I'm not called to be a pastor. I guess I have to leave everything and become a pastor. Please don't do that. <laughs> we don't need you. If you're called, do it. But 99% of people are called to leave just their own self and follow Jesus at school, at work, 
You're called to leave all and follow him wherever he has you placed right now. It all depends on you and you. God's plan for us is to God-size our future right now. He wants to begin right now. He has a purpose for us. He's created you uniquely. He wants to use us. He challenges us. So we need to expect, we need to believe, we need to ask God, God, I want to do more. Remember we started Ephesians 3, I want to do more than I can even ask or think. To be honest with me, my wife was working today. I was just meditating and thinking and reading and praying all day long. Worse in the car and doing all kinds of stuff. You can do all that while you're doing that. I have no idea what he's going to do. But there's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper. Same for you. Will you step out and begin to God-size your future? Will you open your heart? Say, God, you use me. Somehow, I want to be this year a biggie. Not so I can brag, because biggies just get down on their knees and go to God. I know why you're using me greatly. It's not me. It's humble. Let me say one more thing. And I want you to hear it very plainly. If you don't know Jesus Christ, listen, you have no future. And the only way to have a future with Christ is to get in his boat. Some of you are out trying to do your own thing. You can't do your own thing. You've got to come to God. Change tonight. You come to him. He loves you. He died for you. That's what he was saying to people. On that day of Pentecost, 3,000 people, when they heard the gospel, they said this. What should we do? Peter said, repent, be baptized. Repent just means ask God to forgive you of your sins. Some of you need that tonight. There's an area in your life that's not dedicated to him. Sin separates from God. Start tonight. You have to take a step, just like Peter. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, go out in the deep. Peter, think of this. What if Peter, listen, watch, watch. What if Peter hadn't gone? What if Peter, when they got back to the shore with all those fists, Jesus said, follow me, and they go, I don't think so. We may never have seen Peter. Will we see you? Will you just walk out of the building tonight and go, I'm just going to do my own thing? Don't do your own thing. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How many is everyone? It's everyone. It's all. 100%. God only had to say it one time, but he said it over and over and over and over again. It's beginning in the book of Bible, Genesis. He loves you tonight. Come to him. And those of you that are Christians, come on, stretch your faith. Get out of a rut. Trust God. What's keeping you from going out in the deep and following Jesus? The cares of this world? Pride? Fear? Don't be lured away by the wrong bait. Satan would like nothing more than for you to be tangled up in his net. Cut those ropes, hang on to God's life vest, and jump on in. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church, and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. 
We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. A foolish person is one who thinks and lives apart from God and His Word. At the core of foolishness, you find self. A wise person is one who thinks and lives in relationship with God and His Word. At the core of wisdom, you find God. Make sure to tune in next time on Lessons for Living for Pastor Mark's examination of these two contrasting lifestyles and the consequences that go along with them. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons